The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that no armadillo has ever lost a game of chess? Their reputation is so fierce in the chess world that they've only even been challenged to a game of chess three times in the last hundred years. Two of those games, the armadillo won, and the third one, he flipped the table over. <laughs> Which, I mean, counts as a win, sort of, right? <laughs> right. It certainly didn't lose. <laughs> For more armadillo facts, to unlock bonus content, and find out how you can access our episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash club. Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 44 through 48 of Lord of Chaos, book 6 of The Wheel of Time. Last time. Previously, Matt rolls into Saladar and manages to make a huge ass of himself in front of our new Omerlin and the little tower in record time, even for Matt. Uh, but it's a good thing he's got his wizard shield. Tom talks Matt into signing on with NDA, which has only slightly better benefits than being a dart friend, as far as I can see. <laughs> Avienda reveals her dragon D dalliances to Elaine, who is mostly cool with it. Mostly. I mean, there's like the dagger thing, but no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, speaking of Rand's lovers, now Min is in the hot seat, meaning she's sitting in Rand's lap. Like, I guess that's the hot seat. Min both literally and figuratively throws herself at Rand, but he's just not picking up on it. So she's like, fuck it. I guess it can spy for you or something. Uh, then Rand goes to the farm, sorry, the Black Tower, to check in on Mazrum, definitely not a Forsaken Tame, and his growing army of murder wizards, which is fine. It's, everything's fine. It's great. It's good. It's fine. Yeah. yeah Rand is just, just let that simmer on its own. You don't have to deal with that. Yeah, it'll be all right. Let's, yeah, let him do his thing. Chapter 44, The Color of Trust. Icon of the Four Snaken. <laughs> so, Matt in Saladar sets up shop in a stable, because there's nowhere else to go with his little group of people. Yeah, I guess he has to buy himself into even a stable, right? Yeah, and Egwene, Nynaeve, and Elaine are all playing keep away from him. And Matt is like super not subtle. He's like hanging his banners up and stuff, right? Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. This is who I am. But he's getting ghosted. Yeah, because they, I don't know what their plan is. Yeah, I'm confused about why they're hiding from him. All I can figure is that they, they think they're letting him simmer or something, you know? They're like, let him stew in his juices, and then when he, then he's begging for more, he'll, you know, come crawling to us or something. But they, he just doesn't. I guess. I don't know, though, because that doesn't seem to be Nynaeve's style. But even she is going out of her way to avoid him. Well, she's avoiding him, I think, because of the whole, like, she's afraid he's going to kick her ass thing. Yeah, which is is weird. I think these all through these chapters, she's been she hides from him like he's about to kick her ass. And he never thinks about kicking her ass at all. In fact... Isn't Nynaeve used to dealing with people, like, physically? I feel like that... I, it, I find it difficult to buy that Nynaeve is afraid of Matt at this point. But that mm-hmm. seems to be the way that it's being played. Yeah. So there's a big old party for the new Amarlin seat. And uh, all the Aes Sedai are working all day and partying all night. Yeah, Matt just can't catch a break at the dance. Yeah, he goes and he, he dances with a bunch of significant people. <laughs> yeah, the first one is... Uh... Halima? Halima, Do yeah. Do we know anything that's, about her? That's Erengar. Yeah, the Forsaken. Oh, shit. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Do we know that for sure? Yes, yeah. that's her How name. do we know that? Because they mentioned that Halima, like, shortly after, when he's talking to somebody, uh, who, he, because, okay, so he's... 
hanging out with Halima, and then he's like, "Nah, this is this is weird. I'm I'm out." And he feels someone channeling at him, and he turns around, and he's pretty sure it's her. So he asks uh, a serving woman or another another person about if, if she's an Aes Sedai, and she's like, "No, no, that's just uh, that's Delana's secretary." Delana's secretary. Oh, which is absolutely the Forsaken. And yeah. so it makes sense why she was trying to lead. Yes, right. exactly. She was not a very good dancer. Because she before was mm-hmm. a, a male forsaken, and now she is. Yeah, a we believe so. And uh, I think this is more evidence that she can still channel Sidon, the male troop, uh, one power. Yeah. If that's true. Because nobody, the Aes Sedai don't realize she can channel. But that, that also means that Matt's medallion protects against the male channeling. Too. Oh, that's something good we didn't know. know until now, yeah. It was something that we, we had no confirmation because there's not that many people who can, mm-hmm. not that many dudes who are going to channel at him. And it's funny, so he's, he's, you know, he's listening to this song, right? And it's playing through the background, yeah. and he's singing to his like, he's like, oh yeah, I wrote this song yeah. like a thousand years ago. <laughs> yeah, and these are not the words. My words were really dark. Because I wrote about it when my lover died or something. He's like, oh, oh wow. Yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be, trust is the taste of death. <laughs> You're right. And they're all dancing to it. Yeah, so he's still hanging out at the dance, and then my Myrell starts hitting on him. And uh, she's trying, you know, it's kind of flirting with him a little bit. Then she's like, oh, by the way, can I bond you? And he's like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, at least she not. fucking asked, though. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, at least she's not, you know, just bond, or attempting to bond him without asking. But apparently this is, this is a, a, a go-to Aes Sedai play with these Taveran running around is bond them so that they can control them somehow. Mm-hmm. Or, well, if not control them, at least know where they are, right? Like, if, if nothing else, it's like a, the best tracking yeah, spell in the world. that's really creepy, I think. I, I also think it's creepy, but it's also probably one of the best tools they have at their disposal for something like this, right? Yeah, but it's like, they're, like their tool at their disposal is to take away someone's autonomy, right? To make them basically a slave. Are borders slaves? If they're I kind of bo- think they are. I mean, that's the way that they're, they're treated in in their normal goings on but from Rand's experience it doesn't appear that the bond itself has any power like that yeah that we know of yeah that's true that we know of but in literally every other case they're unpaid and they're required to do somebody else's bidding completely at all times yeah, yeah and but it's an honor thing and they opt into it but yeah trying to do that to somebody trying to manipulate somebody into letting you do that to them seems to me really creepy mm-hmm. yeah no, that's, that's a good point and Matt's definitely not going for it I really like this dancing scene where he, he sort of dances with the stars. <laughs> like, you know, he, he asks Swan Sanche to dance, and she's like, Go gut yourself, you lily-livered cod. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Oh, that's Swan Sanche. <laughs> yeah. And he dances with Liane, and, and he dances with a couple other people, right? Uh, I think it was just Swan and Liane after Marel and the Forsaken that he dances with. <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a busy night. I think at that point he's like, I think I've had enough dancing. <laughs> yeah, this sucks. But he does get a little kiss from, uh, from Leanne. Mm-hmm. Not a little kiss, a serious kiss. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like, hey, if you want some more. Kissed him about as thoroughly as he had ever been kissed. And knowing Matt, he's been kissed thoroughly. Yeah, he's been kissed very thoroughly. <laughs> yeah. Then the next day, Matt basically gets dragooned into helping Elena Nynaeve on the bowl quest. Yeah. Oh, and I guess Ulver just shows up in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta protect you from Avienda. Poor Oliver. I mean, I'm worried about that kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's gonna be raised by Matt, apparently. <sighs> I know. I'm, I'm worried for, about that kid for a lot of reasons. <laughs> oh, and, and I guess uh, on the way to meeting the the uh, the little tower, like three other people try and bond him again. They're, they're just like everyone trying to get him as a warder. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. a half a dozen people or something. 
Yeah, yeah. Everybody's trying to bond Matt, so I think that's they're just trying to get a hold of him, you know? Yeah, he's like, no, sorry, ladies. Really bad. I'm a free agent. <laughs> that's right. I'm playing the field. Yep. And since, and apparently off screen again. This is weird. A lot of this, these turning points are happening off screen in Saladar. That uh, Elaine and Nynaeve are going on the bowl quest. And honestly, I think this is the first dumb move from Egwene. Uh-huh. Cause she's sending away two of her strongest allies yeah. on a quest that doesn't really require them. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about this last time. I, I, I think we can all agree that Elaine has better places to be spending her time. Mm-hmm. Nynaeve, maybe, right? I mean, Nynaeve is the person you send into Ebudar for sure, right? Yeah, yeah. I completely agree with Jeff, though. Like, she's 18. She's in a very perilous position. Why would you not keep this, your buddies who are completely loyal to you and are some of the strongest channelers that the tower has seen in a thousand years? Why would you not have them with you? That's yeah, that, crazy. That is a very good point. She, she could really use them at, at close think, to home. What she think, should be doing, she should be sending away the people who she think is, thinks are going to give her trouble. Like exactly. the Aes Sedai. Yeah, the Aes Sedai who were like, we don't want her to be Amarlin, and they would have become Amarlin themselves if they yeah. kept Divide your enemies. It. That's yeah. what Rand did, right? In Tyr? Yeah, that's yeah. what he did. And I also think, I think Nynaeve is a good choice in a vacuum for this, for to go to Ebudar and, and tear the, turn the place upside down, right? Right. But also, if you're going to engage in a shooting war with the White Tower, you want your most powerful channeler who has not taken an oath not to kill people. That's a with good point. You. Yeah. That's a good point. Right? Uh, I mean, on the other hand, I suspect, I, I think that she probably knows that they'll be back by then, right? She doesn't expect this to be as long of a journey as... From there to the White Tower. I think everyone seems... I mean, they could gateway to the White Tower tonight, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe not with all of Saladar. I don't know. I don't know what their plan is. Yeah, me either. Yeah, that's a weird one. And, like, there's no need to turn them away because they've proven themselves to be very loyal to her. I mean, even Mm. Nynaeve, who you thought might have some trouble with authority because she and Egwene spent, like, three books with that bullshit butting heads. Like, Nynaeve still recognizes that Egwene is the Armorlin now. Right, yeah. Yeah. Nynaeve is... She's an authoritarian. I think she's on board with following in the right situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Matt, he, like one great general on your side is good. Two great generals on your side is better when it comes to a, a war like this. So she's sending Matt off to do adventures too? I think that for, from what I gathered from the context here, she's sending Matt because she's going to steal his army. Yeah, she's going to use his army, but, but I think his army... His army is like the 10%. Matt is the 90% of the Band of the Red Hand. That's right? true, but I think that they're going to get Matt because they have the Band of the Red Hand. Is that like. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see how it works yeah. out. Yeah, for sure. But I, that's my take is that they're trying to, to get the whole package and they're just, you know. So, yeah, so what happens is as Matt go- leaves with the Nynaeve Detective Agency, the band is, has orders to follow Gareth Bryan's army. Right. Which is good. Yeah, but that's what that's what Egwene wants. Yeah. And. The, the, the party going to Abu Dhar is a lot bigger than I realized. There's like... Yeah, and, and Elaine and Nynaeve are not technically in charge of it, right? That's Vandine and Adelius. Who, I don't think we've met them before, right? No, we did those. They're the two researcher types that Moraine hung out with that uh, time. So we like The them. browns. Yeah. yeah, they're browns. Gotcha. And they're One twins. of them's actually not a brown, but it's like... She's like good, as good as a brown. Yeah, I remember. I don't remember who it was, but somebody thought that about them. Like, they're white, yeah. but they should be a brown. Yeah, so it's Matt, Elaine, Nynaeve, Vandine, Adelius... And Nalesian and Avienda. Avienda. And a bunch of 
Matt Soldiers. Yeah, like a dozen. And Tom and Julian. Oh, yeah, yeah, them too. It's a big party. Yeah, it's a huge party. So she's sending away a shitload of people. Yeah, I really, I think I'm going to say this several times, I really hate their attitudes towards Matt. Yeah. Like, it, it drove me crazy this whole time. Yeah. But, uh, but finally, after they've left, Egwene and the Little Tower are moving. The army's moving. They're going. It's go time. Let's go kill each other. Even though, can we stop and talk like, what is up with Julin? I feel so bad for him. <laughs> he's acting like he's been horribly abused. Matt thinks to himself, he would not have thought even Nynaeve could beat Julin down, but the dark thief taker was a far cry from the man he had known briefly in Tear. That Julin had been ready for anything. This Julin, with a permanently fr- furrowed brow, looked as though he never stopped worrying. Mm-hmm. What, he, I, I, what did I, she do to him? <laughs> I mean, I think, honestly, I think it's just like following NDA around is probably like stressing him out. I, I it's think, like those pictures of Obama when you see him, in, or like Abraham Lincoln when you see them at the beginning of their pregnancy versus at the end. Pregnancy. pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> the like, birth of a nation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning of their presidencies right. versus at the end. He's all haggard now, cause like, doesn't Julian even have a family somewhere? No, no, he was a he was a player. Remember, he was all hitting on people. No. Yeah, there was there was a woman uh, that he hung about with who I, I think it was, she, was she the the that wise woman equivalent. Yeah, the yeah. wise woman equivalent. Mm. But here. I think it's because he spent he and Tom have spent the last what year or something trying to protect people who won't let themselves be protected. Yeah. Yes. And who keep thrusting themselves into stupid, dangerous situations. And so he has nothing to do but worry. Mm. Yeah. And he's probably uh, had his ass kicked a lot in the, in the line of duty at yeah, this you point, know, you know? He's the one they should send to find the bowl. Yeah. Him uh, by himself, right? He'd yeah. be perfect. That's like literally his job is finding things, right? He's, yeah. like, he's like a PI or something, right? Uh, yeah. Thief taker. So chapter 45. Why the fuck would they do that? Because they, they want to send, uh, <laughs> they send uh, NDA. Yeah, they need detective agency, you know? Chapter 45, a bitter thought. Icon of a wolf. Oh, I love that icon. I missed that icon. I know! When was the last time we had a parent chapter? Uh, two books ago? Maybe, yeah. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. We got to have the really sweet thing, though, when Matt, very publicly in front of everybody, acknowledges Egwene as, like, oh. bows down to Egwene. Yeah, which that was is actually really sweet. Yeah, so that, that was at the end of the last chapter. And you're totally, yeah. you're totally right. I thought that was, that was actually, like, a cool play by him because he knows that she's on kind of, like, weak footing. Mm-hmm. And it was a way that he could kind of give her some honor that he could tell she wasn't getting from the other people. Yeah. I see. It's a, it's a mistake. Egwene is not his friend. Uh, submitting to her is going to be a... It's going to come and bite him in the ass later. I don't think it was... It didn't feel like he was submitting to her so much as just saying, look, I'm going to give you the, the honor of an Amarlin if no one else will, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's just my read. I don't know. Yeah. So we get a bit of a cutscene from... A Saldean soldier who's this, guarding the gates. This is super cute because he's like, oh, he's just like, oh, I want to meet an Aes Sedai or whatever. And then, you yeah. know, and these like rumors about the Aes Sedai are just kind of like adorable. Yeah, it's like, I went to the inn where they were staying, but I couldn't bring myself to walk in. I was too shy. I, yeah. I got shy when I went over there. But he's there when Perrin arrives with Fael and a damn entourage. Uh, yeah, like, what's it, a few hundred Two Rivers archers and yeah. a bunch of servants. And- yeah, and some Aeel. Yeah, that's right. Th- three Aiel and uh, an Ogier, an Ogier and a Tinker who has a sword. I mean, oh, like, I guess there's no Ogier. That's that's right. It's just Aram, the Tinker with a sword. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Loyal is not with him at this point. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it's, it, he rolls up in town with a pretty crazy group. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm wondering at this point if he's going to be angsty about the wolf thing or cool about the wolf thing. Because it feels, I feel like it's a coin flip at this point. You know, it goes yeah, back and forth. It's true, and yeah, the Saldean soldier immediately recognizes Fail, and he he knows that it's about to go down. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, from his take on it, it, I feel like Fail must have a complicated relationship with her mother because he's like. Oh, I know who that is. I think I wonder if this is going to get me killed by her mom. You know? <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it's complicated. Yeah. So Perrin and Fail and Min and Rand have a big old reunion. Oh, it's gross. I wrote what? you so many times in this chapter. Because of Fail? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. She <laughs> Perrin hugs Min and Fail goes into immediate jealousy mode. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh... And then Min says something gross about like housebreaking husbands. Yeah, that's, that's just how the that's I guess that's how you talk to Fail, right? Yeah. You want to be on her on Fail's side. Fail's still the worst. Yeah, <laughs> she's not the worst. Come on, Avienda. No, I would I would say Fail is worse. Huh? I yeah. mean, I would say that like Avienda, whatever, two books ago, is worse than Avienda now. But I think Fail now is better than Avienda. No. Avienda is very all all Avienda all she does is verbally berate. Fail like plans and manipulates and gets physically abusive and still though? And like and Avienda is only a dick towards Rand. Fail is a dick towards anything with a penis. I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turn a phrase. Hang on. <laughs> a dick towards anything with a penis. Yeah. Uh, but they after a brief flare-up of Fail jealousy, where I guess if Min hadn't convinced her right away that she was into Rand and not Perrin, she was about to get shanked. I think so. Yeah, that's that seems pretty clear that this is this is what uh, Fail deal, how Fail deals with situations. They, I think they mentioned that she chases someone with a stick for like half a mile back in Two Rivers. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's a long way to chase someone with a stick. That's a long way to chase. That's like that's a crazy distance to chase someone with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> Like it'd be one thing he's like, oh yeah, give her a couple steps just so she knows she's you know she's in trouble. But no, she chases her down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Uh, but it's nice, you know, this this little meeting. I, I'm looking forward to Perrin meeting Bashir because I, I think they're both kind of fun characters in different ways. Yeah, that, uh, Rand and Perrin catch up, and I found this sweet. I like it when Rand has a chance to talk to an actual friend. Yeah, yeah. I think this is important because there are not that many people who can, Rand can be. A human around anymore, right? Mm. Like Egwene was probably one of the last people in recent times who he lost, right? Because she became right, yeah. An Aes Sedai essentially he couldn't trust anymore. And he thought he could hang out with men, but she's too busy fumbling with his trousers. To, <laughs> yeah, to rubbing be a her friend. butt on his dragon dick or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised how genial he is with them, though, compared to the way he was with Egwene and Matt. Where like they could see the madness coming out of him when he's with Perrin and Fail, he's like kisses Fail and congratulates them on their marriage and is mm-hmm. acting and like with Min, he's very friendly. Yeah, maybe they well, caught him on a good day. Yeah. Well, I, I also think that Matt is not his friend anymore. Matt is his employee now, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. like all these people are now people that he's having to use, and I think that means he can't be their friend anymore. But yeah. Min. I guess he's sort of having to use her, but not in the same way. And Perrin, at least at this point, he's not having to use in that way. He's so, so yeah, Well, he offers to. He offers to send Perrin to Tyr and, and let him in on the secret plan. Mm. Yeah, I was like, oh, maybe we could find out what the plan... No, no, and no. And Perrin's like, nah, I don't want to go to Tyr. No, come on, Perrin, just say yes so we can hear what the fucking plan is. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, I'm hoping that this that hanging out with Perrin will help a little with the whole lose Theron voice thing. I maybe. hope so. I wonder what lose Theron says when Perrin shows up. 
I hate beards. Kill the beard. Destroy the beard. <laughs> <laughs> He's too tall. His shoulders look like blacksmiths. He's got wolf eyes. Wolf eyes. I'll trust the wolf eyes. <laughs> so chapter 46. Beyond the Gate. Icon of the Tarvalon Flame. So speaking of, Perrin meets Davram Bashir. Yeah, this has been a, a moment that I guess we've been building up to for a while. Because we've, at this point, we've heard a lot of rumors and such from, from one side. And now we've actually gotten to meet Davram Bashir. So we know the kind of person that he is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's hard to say how he's going to react in a situation like this. That's right, yes. To, to this guy that has married his noble daughter. Yep. This farmer who has married his well, noble blacksmith. daughter. Blacksmith, come on. He's... Uh, sorry, blacksmith. Yeah, <laughs> sure, that's better. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it doesn't get off to a great start, I'd say, right? Yeah. It, I, you know, I actually think this goes really well. He stands up for himself immediately, which was totally the right decision. I... If he had done anything else, he would have just immediately well, lost. Well, I mean, like, to start with... Bashir's like, oh, I'm, uh, I don't, I don't see your marriage is valid, and yeah, also I'm going to kill you. <laughs> like that's the introduction, right? Yeah, but I, my read of this conversation is that Bashir is like shit testing him constantly. Oh yeah, yeah, this right, is... right. But not, but he's doing it in a lot of different ways, right? He's laughing, he's joking, and then he's like, and I'm going to kill you. Like he, he's throwing everything at him to see how he reacts. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely Bashir testing Perrin's metal. So I don't think, I don't think it's a, yeah, I don't think Bashir is actually. Against this, you know, I think he's just testing him. Oh yeah, yeah. You no, know? I, I think you're absolutely right. And, uh, and at the end, he's like, "Oh well, you know, we need new blood anyway, so fuck yeah." I think yeah. family. Did, yeah, didn't uh, Fayil say something about that? I think you know, it's it's hard to remember because it was probably three books ago. Mm-hmm. But I think Fayil said something about about how her dad would actually probably be happy that she's marrying Perrin because she wanted some yeah, strong yeah. genetic stock or something think, like that. I think he is. I think as long as Perrin passes the test, I think he's happy about this. And I, I like the bit where. He's like, she's a hunter for the horn? That's awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, no, it's good. But no, I, I, I get the feeling that you can see a lot of how Fayil is in her parents, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that probably Davron Bashir likes who, who Fayil is. Yeah. I just love everything more about Davron Bashir. The more he talks, the more I adore him. Right, yeah. And I also like how Davron Bashir says, well, we'll just take her back with us. And then Perrin does the accidentally crushing a wine cup thing, yeah. which is my favorite thing. <laughs> I know, I know. And, and, and you know that Davron Bashir's like, fuck yeah. He's <laughs> like, oh, that's a grip on him. Awesome. Yeah. Vile is mine. Yeah, cupping, crushing cups and killing Trollocs, this is, this is the guy. Yeah, <laughs> killing Trollocs, that's good. Uh, and I, I love the bit he's like, so you think your two of his longbowmen are going to stand up to my... my 9,000. It's all cavalry, and, and parents like, are they harder to kill than Trollocs? <laughs> and Bashir's like, ooh, goosebumps. Yeah, that's, that's the right answer, that kids. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, the, so the, this, this talk actually goes pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I think he passes the test by yeah. just being his normal, laconic, uh, badass self. Yeah, it seems, it seems to be the kind of person that Davron Bashir would respect, or at least, uh, you know. But then, but he's just the mini-boss. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? Because Perrin goes to meet Fael's mother, Dara, who is the final boss. She's described as statuesque, which I think is a great descriptive word for her. I know. I kind of, I mean, this is kind of funny, right? Like, like Perrin, it seems like he's trying not to think about how buxom she is. Yeah. Well, she, it's creepy, though, because, like, they walk over, Davram and, or, yeah, Davram and him walk over, and they hear it sounds like cats fighting inside, and there's, like, slapping sounds, right. and they Perrin open the door. Super hearing <laughs> yeah, it's clear there's, like, a serious altercation happening behind the door, and then they knock, and it's like, come in. And they're both sitting yeah. there, like, acting. But, but they've got big old slap marks on their oh, faces. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. There was there was a physical fight happening. But I thought, I mean, yeah, so, so Perrin 
thinks over and over how attractive she is and like, oh, that's what she's, what Fael's going to look like. Oh, I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I don't know. You can read it as a little creepy, but I also read it as one of these like, he's in a stressful situation and he just can't stop thinking about how big her boobs are. <laughs> and he's like, it's a real he's big like, problem. about a boob. Stopping about all a right. boob. So the, the meeting with, with Fael's mom did not go the way I thought it was. I thought she was going to, you know, stab him. Or something, you know? And he'd be fine because he's parent. You know? But no, she gives him a lecture about how he's going to have to dominate Fael, and that's what a woman wants. Yeah, you know, watching this interaction, I was like, this is where Fael gets her fucked up ideas about romance, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is like a weird, like, violent, like, I don't know. It was a weird relationship that yeah, they had. Yeah, she, she, she says, oh, man, that time that... I, I pissed off Davram so much that he bent me over and spanked me. Oh, that was the best day. Yeah. <laughs> and Fael's like, oh, yeah, no, that's, not a big, that's not a weird thing to say. Yeah, no, that's, that's for something. And, uh, yeah, it explains a lot. It explains a lot. And finally, Bashir cuts her bullshit off and she gets super meek acting, I guess. Yeah, which, which I don't weird. believe is real, right? Yeah, she's not meek. This is, this is like a... This is a game that she plays. Yeah. yeah I definitely. bet they go and just totally like bang it out afterwards. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. They, they, I bet they have like a like a rabid sex life. Yeah, yeah. I bet like I bet it's like a mountaineering thing, you know? She's like really big. Because he's pretty short, right? Yeah, yeah. He's got climate. Yeah, he's got climate. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, that's good. Which makes it even more fucked up if if she is physically abusive towards him the way Fael is towards Perrin. Yeah. I, I, I think that Davin Bashir is a pretty tough motherfucker, honestly. Like, he's not t- tall, yeah, well, but... Perrin, I, he's... Perrin puts up with it because he's, he doesn't want to fight back physically, right? So right. So he ends up putting up with it for, you know, for physical abuse for not physical reasons. Yeah. yeah. Like, I probably... Yeah, probably Davram can take Dara in a fight, right? If it came to that. Mm. It's hard to say, though, because she's not just... She's, like, she's she's tall and, like, but, I mean, okay, strong so looking. The implication is that... He hits her, right? I mean, they did the spanking that's, thing, right? That's how you show dominance. How that's how you put someone in your place. I don't know. Uh, I hope not. But they don't. They don't explicitly say it. But I don't know. It's hard to say. Huh? Yeah. Man, what did you get into, Perrin? Yeah. Right? But meanwhile. But yeah. But but Bashir, yeah, takes Perrin's side by saying, you know, we could really use some strong new blood, and you know. He's got that blood of Manetherin, right? That's serious blood. That's a good point. But it, yeah, either way, they, I, this seems like it goes well uh, as far as like, the parents yeah, are concerned. So I, I think Perrin has, has won their favor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I really liked this scene. I thought it was fun. It was great. Yeah. They, no, they're, they're, I, liked, they're, I liked how Perrin, who is not an adept social person, is like thrown into this really weird situation and he just sort of powers through. He has of, good instincts. Mm-hmm. And I think also Fayil wouldn't probably have fallen in love with him if she was he wasn't the kind of person that her parents would like approve of if that makes sense like not inherently because that's the case but because that's the kind of person she'd be interested in too because this is where she came from is these two right Mm -hmm. so yeah maybe she's looking for a little stability in her life (laughs) i mean parent is if nothing else he's stable right (laughs) right except for the whole like potentially going Wolf Matt or whatever happened to that one guy. Ah, it'll never happen. Yeah. I don't buy it. It's probably fine. It's just a scare story. Yeah. So, Rand and Min have a chat. Yeah, Rand is still not picking up on Min's incredibly right. obvious... I want to write down this... Th- I want to quote this thing. I wrote it down. Min came in and then Min settled companionably against his chest. Uh-huh. 
Like your friends do. I, I, I have companions. I've known lots of companions. No companion of mine has ever settled against my chest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unless we were like going hang gliding together or something, right? That <laughs> like, come on, dude. Yeah. And uh, I guess from what Min says, it sounds like Perrin's uh, hawk hasn't shown up yet, right? Like, yeah, Fael is the falcon. But we don't know who the hawk is. I, it, I think we suspected it could be, what, Barrelane or something yeah, like I, that? Yeah, I think but, in Barrelane. I'm, I'm but, not sure. But it, but Min doesn't seem, at least, doesn't seem to know who it is yet. But also she's seen that uh, when they're together, they're that really cool lights fighting the darkness thing is better. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when they're together, she can see that Perrin has to be there for Rand twice. Or something bad happens, which yeah. she doesn't say what that is, but it sounds like, it's it's like he dies or that. maybe he goes mad or something like that. It becomes like loose there in, in the, you know, mm-hmm. the past. Either way, it sounds like Perrin showed up at exactly the right time, mm-hmm. which is, you know, kind of the way the pattern works, right? I'm rolling my eyes at this random men thing at this uh-huh. point. Mm-hmm. I mean... Letting her sit on his knee was one thing, but kisses were carrying the joke too far. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? This is so dumb. She gives him a long kiss goodbye like friends do, you know, like a friend's kiss, whatever, no big deal. Uh, yeah, like, okay, okay, maybe friends would have sex in the evening, but friends wouldn't have sex when they wake up in the morning. Right. That's too far. That's just, look, you're carrying this joke too far, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a little ridiculous. Um... And, and Min is like, I guess, still, she still thinks she's spying on the Aes Sedai, but it seems like she yeah, doesn't realize that the... They've got her made, come on. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it feels like Min's underestimating her Aes Sedai housemates just a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And then there's some more Luz there and Telemon craziness. Yeah. Which I guess Min is just super into? Yeah, I was wondering about that, like, th- at this point, she's got to have overheard some of this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's just having like a friendly chat with Luz there and... Rand's really holding it together, you know? He's doing great. <laughs> so then we cut to Demira Sedai, who I think is the one we like. The researcher who's very perceptive. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, getting killed in an alley by a bunch of Aiel. Yeah, I get the feeling these are not Aiel though, right? Because I, I think she describes one of them as squat and villainous looking. I don't think we've ever heard an Aiel described as squat. That's a good point, right? So I'm yeah. thinking these are not really Aiel, but... It's possible. I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like it'd be hard to get your hands on ice uh, on eel. Yeah, you're gear, right. And right? The, the message they give is uh, stay away from the dragon reborn, right? Which they wouldn't say that. They would say the Karakarn. Yes, oh, exactly. That's a good point. Like the and the, and they say tell the rest of the Tarvalon witches or something like that, or, which yeah. is again something Aiel would never say. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. So I, I think that these are not real Aiel, but but it's impossible to know at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we go back to Perrin and Fael, who go to their rooms and bone. And uh, Fael's like, yeah, my mom wants us to have lots of kids, so uh, let's so, do that uh, now. let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and apparently Fael knows Maiden Hand Talk, which is useful, I guess. Yeah, that's really useful. Yep. So they're going to make some falcon wolf puppy chicks, I guess. I they'd be cute, <laughs> that right? That's great, yeah. yeah that's adorable. Really cool, you know? And, uh, but then we cut back to the Aes Sedai. Turns out Demira's alive. Yeah. Nice to be an Aes Sedai. Yeah. Because so. it was a trap and someone came in and warned the other Aes Sedai that that was going to happen. Oh, another thing I noticed, uh, the Aiel didn't veil themselves. Oh. Because she sees their faces. Catch. So these like these things, I'm like, this couldn't have been Aiel, right? Yeah. 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 Totally not. smart. But they don't uh, make any of the points that we're making here. Yeah. They become convinced that it was Rand. Even Viren, the smart one, seems to think 
that it was Rand. Yeah, this is this is this is actually annoying to me because this seems like such an obvious ruse, and right? Vera like, knows Rand. She knows this is not Rand's style. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, the, they should know. Someone here should know that this is like too obvious a ploy, right? Mm-hmm. This is not the. This is not. You don't warn someone by sending uh, an Aiel to kill them or or almost kill them. That's that's not the way that any of this works, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I found that. But they, they totally buy it, and they decide to punish Rand by ignoring him. Yep, uh, I guess. I mean, yeah, that's... That didn't make a lot of sense. These people are supposed to be smart. Yeah, and, and Varen's taking charge, which I guess is a good thing? I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. Uh, she's smart, but I don't know if she has a lot of wisdom. Yeah. I would say she has... Well, yeah, I don't know, maybe not. It's it's hard to tell with Varen. Uh, also, I, she's a Forsaken. Also, she's definitely a Forsaken. <laughs> Varen is definitely a Forsaken. So I guess that's a bad thing, right? <laughs> But yeah, their plan is to ghost Rand, which is super dumb. Yeah, very dumb. But I wonder if this is... Do you think this could be more of Fane's work? Because he had his dudes dress up as... Oh, no, no. He he didn't have them dress up. They were just white cloaks when they attempted to murder. Yeah, they were actual former white cloaks. Yeah, so I was wondering if it might be them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, it's hard. No, Not enough information to know for sure. Chapter 47. The Wandering Woman. Icon of the Dice. So Matt travels with... NDA, because uh, they they warped him in a few days away from Ibudar for vague reasons. Yeah, I was like, oh man, we better not have some fucking travel chapters at this point. <laughs> so I'm happy that we're that they did this pretty it's quick. Fairly brief. I do want to point out, <clears throat> Matt's file leader has a hawk tattoo. Oh my god! Ooh. Yeah, it's could this be, be Perrin's other? It's going to be a fight between Fail and Harnan, the file leader. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> You know, we didn't see it coming, but, you know, mm-hmm. Perrin's got a lot of experience in the world to, to, to explore before you know, he... Yeah, maybe maybe he wants someone who can be a top, right? Mm-hmm. Fahil seems like a, more of a power bottom thing. Maybe, That's maybe... right. <laughs> and we, at this point, we've seen that the Tavren, they, they like to play the field, you know? <laughs> That's true. It's true. They all do. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, Rand's got his, his ladies. Matt's got, like... I don't even know right. how many, right? He's got hoes in different area codes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so Perrin's like, I mean, why should I only have one person? I'm going to get with this guy with the hawk tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, Fahil said I couldn't look at another woman, but... The tensions so, are high in the NDA camp. Yeah, there's this constant power struggle between Vandine and Adelius, and Elaine and Nynaeve, because Elaine and Nynaeve want to be in charge because they're assholes. Yeah, I, I, I mean... I guess they're used to running the show when they're on one of these little excursions. Yeah. But, I mean, the the other two are older, more knowledgeable. They probably should be running things, right? Yeah. I, I can just imagine Nynaeve being like, look, I've done this several times. What you do is you go there, you find a Forsaken, you fight them, and then you take their stuff, and they've got the thing you want. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the, the important thing is the, the, if there's a trap, you have to jump into it feet first. Right. Find the trap. Spring that trap. <laughs> the trap is just a path right to where you want to go. And if people who know what they're doing offer to help you, you say, Fuck you! Spin their faces. <laughs> That's right. Take a big old dump on their on their you know front lawn. Yeah, and uh, Elaine has some giant brass ovaries holy here. Holy shit! She like she walks up to Matt and is just like, "I'd like to." No, not even I'd like to. No, yeah, yeah. You're, you're gonna give me your your Terangriol, and he's like, "You can fuck right off." <laughs> or at yeah. least that's what I would have said. He's a lot more polite than I am, but <laughs> right. uh, yeah, they've yeah. proven over and over that they can't that he can't trust them. Yeah, absolutely. She demeans and insults him constantly and undermines him with his men. Oh, I know. Deliberately. Like, goes around on his men and tries to get them to follow her instead uh, of him. Yeah, so these mind nauseous. games are so irritating. I mean, this is like... If, if she was 
a soldier or a lord or something, I think he would kill her for this. I mean, this is like, a big fucking problem. This is like hanging material. Yeah. There's that, and then his fox head goes cold when yeah. she storms off. Yeah, so so Which, she and the other Aes Sedai spend several evenings trying to hurt him with the power. Yeah. yeah. Just to see if they can. Just to see what they can do to him. I mean, yeah. I would treat that as an attempted attack. Yeah, like I, I would say she's attacking him constantly. In the, after this chapter, I've actually been... I knew this was coming because I remember this pissed me off last time too. Like... Elaine is zero in my book. I hope she dies. She's yeah. fucking worthless. Yeah. Like, she doesn't do anything that somebody else can't do. She's ignoring her duties in Camelin, which would help a lot more people than, than being one more Aes Sedai in this team. And she's shown herself to be untrustworthy and selfish and naive and, oh, I'm, I'm mad at Elaine. So Elaine is, in your book, the worst? Yes. Worst now than, Elaine is the worst. Yeah. Worse, worse than, than Egwene. Worse than Avienda. Wow. All right. Oh, well, Avienda's wow. not around Rand right now. So he's, he's yeah, actually, Avienda's doing a lot better right now, isn't she? Yeah. When she's not around Rand, she's kind of she's kind of cool. Yeah. Seriously, she's kind of bland. Yeah. She's just kind of there. Yeah. 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 She's just yeah, also and Avienda was there. You know. Oh yeah. yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, this, this pissed me off so much because yeah. they're so disrespectful towards him and like he's not. I mean, he's he's flippant towards them, but he's there literally to protect her and and escort her back to the throne of her kingdom. It wasn't his idea to at go the to behest Edgar. of her boyfriend. Yeah, that's true. Like, and he's and he's being manipulated. He's doing stuff he doesn't want to do, and she's treating him like shit. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, haven't no. liked her in a while. And also, Matt is a fucking ace, right? You're gonna want Matt on your side. Yeah, she yeah she she really should be. I mean. Yeah, th- this could be this could go a lot better, right? Like, if she had approached him in any other way, she might have actually gotten to, to work with his Tarangrail, yeah, right? Because Matt is a sucker for a pretty girl. That's right. If she had been like, hey, you know, this is something that could really help us. It, would, you, would it be okay if I just look at it? Could you tell me about it? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It probably would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Matt is not unreasonable. But you she know? comes at him exactly the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's because she's a shit. <laughs> That's what I think about her. <laughs> <clears throat> On a totally different note... Um, Matt attempts to challenge Brigida to a shooting contest. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> which I think is amazing. I don't. I don't know why she doesn't take him on, up on it. First yeah, of all, she's wish, being really weird about this. I wish we got to see it. That would be fun. Because I don't actually know who would win, right? It would be Brigida. Hold on, though, because Brigida has skill, but Matt's crazy magic luck, right? Remember, he was in a knife throwing contest oh. where he was blindfolded and throwing a dagger at things in the sky. Oh yeah, that's that a good happen. point. So if he if he relies on his luck, he might win. Yeah, it's like it, I think it might just be a draw, like between <laughs> Brigida's magical legendary skill and his magical legendary luck. I don't know who would win. Yeah, dang, but we don't get to see it. Unfortunately, unfortunately yeah. Brigida's still hiding from herself from everybody. And yeah. as they head towards Ibudar, the they meet a bunch of you know Ibudar adjacent people, and it turns out Ibudar is just. The knife fighting capital of the world. Apparently, yeah. it's a really dramatic place. Like <laughs> yeah. the the inn's called the Marriage Knife, and at first I was like, the Marriage Knife. That's a weird name. They were like, oh, because whenever you get married in Ebudar, you your wife gets a knife, and if you displease her, she kills you or something. Right. She, you, you say, if I displease you, I want you to use this knife on me. <laughs> that's Ebudar. That's right, and that's the Marriage Knife. That's different from the other knife that everybody carries around. Just for normal duels and stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah. The marriage knife there's a lot. <laughs> Lots of what the fuck. Yeah, they go into their customs where they, they have jewels on the knife that for, for each child they've had in the marriage. Uh-huh. And there's a special setting for kids that have died in duels. And that's considered like honorable. They're really proud of that. There's one for, yeah, there's a different setting for if they died in duels and a different setting for if they died outside of duels. And almost everyone's are like 
the yeah. duels, you know? <laughs> They're all about knife fighting. Knife fighting all day in Ebu Dar. Apparently. So, all these people warning them about going to Ebu Dar were totally right. Yeah, this is, this is, not, a, this is not a safe place. It's a dangerous place. Uh, and and the, meanwhile, the Aes Sedai continue to test Matt's shield. And I think at one point someone throws something at him and it gets through. Yeah. And then he's, he's worried because that means that now they know that they can get yeah, around. Yeah, they can throw shield. stuff at him, which, you know, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I wonder what all the stuff they tried on him. They tried to burn him. They tried to use air on him. I thought maybe they were just probing. Is is what I was hoping was the case. Is that it was wasn't like an attack so much as like just seeing if they could you know interact with his mm-hmm. whatever it was. Yeah, or I I wouldn't be surprised if it was the way they've used in the past to punish people with pretending like making it feel like they're being hit and oh, picking yeah. them up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But when, when they roll up into Ebidar, uh, this is kind of interesting, Matt feels his luck powers activate. Yeah. Yeah. The dice rolling in his head. Yeah, I know. I just, like, all I could think was, did he just avoid some horrible fate? Is there, like, up there there's, like, a sniper with a crossbow and it, like, twangs and, like, shoots an arrow through their own eye or something like that? <laughs> no, it's, it's, like, it's the oh, inn oh. that they stay at. Remember, because he... He just randomly chooses... Yeah, he, he gets pissed off because, you know, he has a lot of reason to be pissed off and he, and he says, I'm not going to stay with them and he just blindly picks one. And that's when the dice stop. Oh, right. So that means that Terangriel is going to be like in the basement or maybe like under his pillow or something right. like that. He should be following Matt right now. Yeah, yeah. Matt's probably already found the Terangriel. He just doesn't know it yet. Yeah. And so he picks the wandering woman. And apparently this is like Matt's dream spot or something, right? Yeah, yeah. He walks there's, in. There's, there's gambling. Like, there's pretty ladies. There's like a pretty innkeeper, which who, he shouldn't mess with. Yeah. He only has a few scars and you know a knife, right? Yeah. He's got a knife. I think Matt, you think Matt's a good knife fighter? He's more of a knife thrower guy. Yeah, he, he definitely knows his way around a knife, but his, his primary weapon is the bow staff. Mm-hmm. Or the spear, I guess, at this point. Yeah, Matt's cool spear. Yeah, mm-hmm. Matt's cool spear. So so his skills there, it occurs to me, are not unlike the skills that um, NDA used when they were trying to find the bowl in Teleran Riyadh. It's kind of along the same yeah, lines. it's kind of like, what do I need right now? Yeah, yeah. Although, remember, this is exactly what happened in Tear. Remember he saw... When he first came to Tyr, in a, like a flash of lightning, he saw um, the the shop where they needed to go, mm-hmm. where where the where the girls were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't. End up but he going, didn't know at the time, and yeah. so he wandered around looking for them elsewhere. Yeah. But it was like exactly that place. Yeah. But like this is the way. This is should be official NDA doctrine for how you find something in the city. Take Matt blindfold, piss him off. Yeah. Oh yeah, or piss him off. Yeah. Like you know, go fuck <laughs> off, and wherever he goes, you follow him. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter forty-eight. Leaning on the knife, icon of the Wheel of Time. So Nynaeve and Elaine are staying at the palace, because that's what I said I do. And apparently they had another crappy reception, right? Like, yeah. It seems to be it's a pattern for NDA, right? Because, you know, they horned in on this thing where they really shouldn't be. Yeah, I just don't know why that they're obeying. They need to, like, ditch these this these other I said I and just get, get on with what they're supposed to be doing, right? Well, I think that's what they do, right? They're... Well, sort of. I mean... As we know in the past, NDA's modus operandi has been to send Tom and Julian to go do the thing while they stay in the end, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's, I mean, they're doing half of it. They're sitting and drinking tea, mm. uh, but they need to be sending Tom and Julian to solve the mystery. But it turns out Vandine and Adelius have some other purpose that involves runaways. I don't, is, I couldn't tell if that was real or if that's just a cover. I think it's real. I think Vandine and Adelius, they're not the people you would send after. Uh, a Terangriel anyway, right? They're researchers. Are they the people you'd send after runaways? Well, no. That's why this is strange. And they won't talk about it. But there's yeah. something going on with them. Mm-hmm. No, you're, you're right about that. There's, they have they have an ulterior motive. Yeah. 
But uh, then Nynaeve and Elaine are summoned to meet Tylen, the badass knife-fighting queen of Ebudar. And I guess they send Brigida and Avienda off, which I guess is you know, close enough, similar to Tom yeah, and Yeah, I mean, Brigida, I she's, is she good at anything but, you know, fighting and shooting I, arrows? I feel like she's like a, a fighter, right? So, I mean, she's probably good with a bow, but I imagine she's good at fighting in any situation, right? Mm-hmm. She's a legendary warrior of some sort. Probably, And yeah. Avienda's a Nail, you know, even if she doesn't have a spear anymore. That's true. And she can channel. And she can channel. Yeah. That's a good point. So, so yeah, they're probably pretty good. together. They can probably, you know, do their thing. Yeah. Uh, they spot Jaya Chimkarat in there on the way in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking white clothes. That's bad news. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's kind of cool seeing... This is another thing that I think Jordan does well, is, like, the way that he lays settings in new places, right? So we yeah. see the, the style and decor of Ebudar and it's very different, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, he yeah. describes their garments, that there's the the, the like the cut of the skirts that shows like colorful petticoats and mm-hmm. men wear these vests and yeah. everything's very colorful. And uh, yeah, the outside of the buildings are very, are, are all white, but the inside is colorful. Yeah. yeah, it's so great. He paints such a great picture. He and was, just the details, like the knives, you know? Like, how right. cool is that? Yeah, what a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he describes the, the queen's knife, and we know that from looking at her knife that she had, was it four kids, and three of them are dead, but one of them is surviving because of the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they all died in duels. It's very neat. I like Tylen. She's oh, a, yeah, she's great. Like, a pretty sharp person. <laughs> knife. Uh, <laughs> uh, knife joke. But it, but it also doesn't receive them particularly well at first, at least. Mm-hmm. But I, so here, I will actually say, contrary to what you were saying before, I think Elaine actually does a pretty solid job of managing this situation. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just because she's a noble woman who knows how to deal with other noble women. But when Tylen approaches them, you know, kind of in an aggressive and and dangerous way, she knows how to defuse it, and then she knows the right things to say to get them to like. Be on the same page. She, she she turns Tylen into a friend where I don't think it necessarily would have gone that way otherwise. Yeah, just because of her statecraft. That is abilities. how it goes, but I also feel like Tylen might be manipulating them a bit. I, that's very possible. I mean, she, her her behavior is definitely kind of erratic in a, in mm-hmm. a weird way. But I think if it had been Nynaeve on her own, this would have been a very different conversation. Yeah, you're probably right. Although there is that moment where Tylen says, you know, just, just be straight with me. You know, just talk to me like you would anybody else. And Nynaeve's like... What are you doing with the white cloaks? That's what are you an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you know, Nani manages to piss her off, but, right? But it, it works though. Tylen's like, okay, I did tell you to just be straight with me. That is true, uh, but I think that Nani toes the line in, a, in such a way that it could like yeah. push a little further. It could have gone this real bad. It could have become a knife fight. <laughs> it could have become a knife fight. This is Ebudar after all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but after sharing the info with. Tylen, which they, they level with her. I think they tell everything to her. Yeah, Liam tells her like about the, the dream. She tells her about yeah. the Tarangrel, everything. They, she tells him that the bowl must be in the Rahad, which is a, the, the rough area of town. Yeah. That even the, her, her soldiers don't go. And I guess in, in return, Tylen kind of levels with them too and talks about like her, her son and how Altarian uh, ascension is complicated yeah. and also usually involves assassinations and such. So she's she's trying to set things up so that her son can actually right, yeah. have a piece of something when she's gone. And uh, so Nynaeve and Elaine intend to go look for the bowl on their own, pretty much. Yep. Because that's what they do. Because that's what they do. That's a good use of Aes Sedai talents. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's... Keeping them out of trouble, sort of. I mean, what are they going to do in Ebudar? Kill a bunch of people who are already killing each other? 
Uh, well, probably, yeah. That's yeah. what they're going to do. Right. I mean, like, I, I feel like if a body turns up, it, I don't they even say, wait, hold on. They even say if a woman kills somebody in Abu Dhar, they assume it's okay unless the person proves otherwise. Oh, so they've man. got carte blanche, man. This is like, oh, this is God. the town for Nynaeve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nynaeve's like, I'm going to be. Well, <laughs> no consequences. Yeah. yeah. So that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters 49 through 52 of Lord of Chaos. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan. I'm Mike Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please like us in real life. We're super likable. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillapodcastingclub. Until next time, the the lights illumine you. you.